times I just keep my mouth quiet. <laughs> I was like, I've been thinking of all angles. I almost called him this morning. So I know you had a really good night. You want to come in and preach? <laughs> but I am so thankful. I love getting up and speaking, but man, am I not very good at putting the word together. You know, I just, I just, it's hard. I don't know if any of y'all have tried this. And every time, even though I've done it for a while, every time when I walk into the auditorium, I start looking at the doors. Okay, I could just run right out that door and get in my car and leave. I told Greg today, I said, hey, Greg, if I don't show up, just go ahead and preach. He went totally white. I went, oops. I said, no, I wouldn't do that to you. Maybe I would, I don't know. If I'd had my car keys, I might have considered it. But anyway, I know God's got a word and I'm excited. I don't want to put that, I love preaching the word, but I'm not saying it's easy. So God's got a message for you today, and I want to continue what Pastor Norm did last week. He taught on reaching up. He spoke about, he shared on how we need to take the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise instead. Isn't that cool? I mean, we need this as a church family, and when you feel, start feeling defeated or you start letting the world around you get you down, you need to take a deep breath, turn up the worship music, and reach up. You, when you're troubled on every side and have trouble focusing on what you need to do, you start out by praise. You will notice the heaviness lift. And I don't care if you have to sing at the top of your lungs. I've done that before, and Norm's come running in the office going, What's wrong? Because I'm not a very good singer. You know, I, I can't sing a lick. I wish I could because I'd be up here on the worship team, but Roger's never even asked me because he's probably heard my voice. But <laughs> it's okay. You know, I always thought, <laughs> when we first knew we were going into ministry, that was one of the biggest, scariest things for me. It was like, oh, God, what are you going to do? I can't play piano. I can't sing. I'm not that soft little pastor's wife that I see as such so awesome. God, what are you going to do with me? I shouldn't ask that question. So you're going to preach. I'm like, no. <laughs> so I am thankful that God has put me in a position to be, so I say, joined at the hip with my husband. We share this pastor's position together. And I just love it. We have a blast. So even if you have to sing at the top of your lungs, you keep worshiping to God until God gets a hold of your heart. That's called reaching up. Can everybody just do that? Just take time. See, that's the first step. Whenever you're doing anything, you want to reach up. When you're able to reach up, that's when you're going to get direction and peace from the Father. The second part of the message which he was going to do is reaching out. Now everybody smiled and was real happy about reaching up, but I start seeing the faces going <sighs> when I say reach out. But it's so important. So I want to share from Acts chapter 1 today, which is the perfect example. I couldn't believe it. It lined right up with reaching up and reaching out. So after the transfiguration of the at the cross, Jesus appeared to many people. Like 40 days he walked around sharing after he died, he, was, he died on the cross, was resurrected, and people saw him. And at one of the points, 
he wanted to give the apostles some instructions. So Acts 1, 4 through 5 reads, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, I believe Jesus was teaching them, okay, first things first, you need to worship God. You need to get alone with him, and you need to reach up. You know, and it's funny how the apostles took this. Um, they started to question Jesus about what was he going to do. And note, they wanted to know what he was going to do. Acts 1.6 says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? You know, it's, it, it, it always makes me chuckle when we have someone who comes in with this bright idea of what we as the church can do. Oh, they, they have this ministry or that they think would be wonderful. And when you look at them and say, oh, I like that. I see you have a vision for it. When do you want to get started on it or when do you want to put this? And they go, no, no, you, you need to do it. I look at Norm. Norm looks at me and says, you need to do it? Well, God gave you the vision. We tend to pass it off on someone else. We want someone else to do the work. And I believe, in a way, that's what the apostles were doing here. So, God, when are you going to move? When are you going to go make the Israel the kingdom? And he, he just stopped it right there. I think it was hysterical. He didn't even falter, and that's when he lowered the boom. Acts 1, 7 through 8. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wouldn't you say that's reaching out? So after he shared with them how to reach up, he shared with them what they needed to do next was reach out. And you know what? After God gave, Jesus gave them instruction, the apostles did what he had asked. And in Acts 2, God showed up huge. Acts 2 is like one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. And it says, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And after that, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, what did they do? They went out and started sharing Christ and healing people. Just like the apostles, you need to, get to begin right where you're at. You get filled up, then you go give it out. And I, I recently listened to a teaching from Lisa Harper, which she's, I love her, and she said, your past does not dictate your future. I love that. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. It doesn't even matter what happened today. You see, you have a choice to have a do-over or a new beginning. 
Think about the apostles in Acts chapter 1. That city, the people around that area wanted to kill them, those that were following Jesus. I mean, it, it was almost gruesome. They, just, they went out and just started killing people because they believed in Jesus. So this is where the apostles are at right there. And you have to realize, after Jesus was crucified, Peter denied Jesus. The rest of them ran and hid. They were scared. And now, all of a sudden, Jesus is saying, hey, go out and share with these people. You really don't have to be liked to share Christ. You don't have to pal around with someone. If Jesus gives you an assignment, you need to share it. Do you really think they were pumped about going out and telling others about Christ at that time? But they spoke with boldness and went out teaching and healing those in the city. He'll use you right where you're at if you choose to. It's up to you. You need to reach up to Jesus, ask him what he wants you to do, and then reach out. You know, I hear so many tell me that they're not good enough or they don't have enough knowledge of the Bible to do anything. That is so far from the truth. I always thought I would get really smart when I went to Bible college. You know, I thought, oh, man, I'm going to know the word so well. I'm just going to be able to get out there and be this theologian. That went out the window. I realized when I was in Bible college that it taught me I really don't know a whole lot. And I have to keep, you never arrive. You never get to a place where there's, I know it. I can, I, can, I can teach now. I can do this. It's not like that. You're always learning. You're always wanting more. You know, I feel like this church family is starting to grow up. You're at a point that you have spiritual maturity, whether you think you do or not. And that it's time to start reaching others. No matter where you are in your walk with Christ, he's going to use you. How many of you today are afraid to say anything in public about your walk with Christ? Oh, one hand. Come on! How many get out in the public and they don't want to say anything about Jesus? There's quite a few of us. I know we've all done it at some point. The fact is, it doesn't matter if it's hard. Lisa Harper also shared, love hard even when it's hard. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable. So the, apostles, the apostles were living in uncomfortable times. You're living in uncomfortable times. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable you are. Just do what Jesus tells you to do. Be uncomfortable. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And 1 Peter 3, 9 says, Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. When I first got saved, I was so excited. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this if you can think back. Maybe it was just yesterday. I don't know. I, was, I could not wait to share the Lord with people. 
And I can remember, I was so excited. I wanted my sister to have a walk with the Lord, and she wasn't saved yet. And I would just wouldn't quit talking about Jesus. And finally, one day, she looked at me. She goes, you know, you use Jesus like drugs or alcohol. And I went, oh, no. And then I went, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm addicted to Jesus. <laughs> you know, it was like, cool. I was so excited, I couldn't stop sharing with people. How many today want to run to somebody and tell them about Jesus? I mean, you're just, you're so full of God that all you want to do is spill out over everybody. Now, I, I realize as we mature in our walk with Christ, we lose that excitement sometimes. And we need to ask God to get it back stirring in us. I can remember, too, this is one of the stories that I share because it's so me. I mean, if any of you know me, I do goofy things and things come out wrong, but that's okay. That's what God's got me here for is to make people laugh. So I was a brand new Christian, and I couldn't wait. And you know I know something? I'm having a hard time with this ear thing because I don't have too many small things on me, but my wrists and my earlobes are super tiny. Not much else is, but my earlobes are really, really tiny. So I can't, it's, sorry, if it's moving, but as long as we're getting the sound, but I can see this thing's just huge compared to Pastor Norm's ears. Tiny earlobes, tiny little wrist, everything else. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Sidetrack there. When I'd gotten saved... You know, I kept hearing people talk about Jehovah Witnesses at their doors and how they, they try to close it and don't go to the door. And I thought, ooh, I can't wait. And I started praying, Lord, send a Jehovah Witness. I can't wait to minister to a Jehovah Witness. And one day my dream came true. I saw them coming up the driveway. I cut, I cut, they started coming up my porch. I didn't even let them knock. I flung open the door. I smiled really big. And I went, hi, I'm an unborn Christian. Wait a minute, I didn't mean that. I seriously said that to them. But you know it was God's protection because I never saw another Jehovah's Witness at our door. <laughs> and I so wanted to witness to them. But that's the kind of enthusiasm we need to have. We, must, we need to be wanting people to get in our face so we can tell them about the Lord. It's pretty easy to share Jesus when you know the people, Right? But when someone is a stranger, or especially if someone that is different or hard to love, it, that's not so comfortable. So how do you begin to reach out? First, you need to get with God and worship and pray. You need to reach up. Second, you reach out by asking the Lord to show you what to do. When you pray and believe, anything is possible. I was talking to my son Troy yesterday. And we were you know, sharing about what I was talking about. He goes, you know, Mom, every morning I get up and I pray, Lord, put somebody in my path today that I can bless. And that's awesome. We should all be praying to bless someone, to, to share Christ with someone in our day. And Acts 20, 35 says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, Sometimes you feel like you can't even get yourself out of a funk 
how am I supposed to bless somebody? We all hit those times. This is the best time to put this into action, to reach out to somebody. You see, I've had a lot of people come in my door for counseling, and a lot of times it's for depression. And so I'll listen to them, and they'll share. And then, if you know me at all, I always give homework assignments. They don't walk out of my office without having to read something, do something. June's sitting here shaking her head. <laughs> but I have found that when people get out of their own heads, they begin to heal. When they start thinking about somebody else, when they start thinking about a need somebody has that they can help with, all of a sudden they're feeling a little bit better. It's just like exercising. Nobody likes to exercise. Nobody wants to go to the gym and start doing crunches and sit-ups and walking. You have to force yourself to do it. But once you get there and you do it, afterwards you're like, oh, I feel great. Until you go to sit down and your legs go, oh. But it's a good feeling. The same with reaching out. It's never easy. It's not comfortable. But if you force yourself, if you allow God to use you, when you get done, you're like, wow, I just had a God moment. And it sticks with you. When you start helping others, God does something and you begin to heal and feel better. So remember, when any situation you're in, you reach up, then you reach out. So if our church family would begin to constantly consciously start reaching up and reaching out on a daily basis, think of the lives that will be changed. We have that opportunity. Just start doing it. There are so many lives in this town that need Jesus. And it's time to start sharing the love of Christ. So what can you do to reach out? I've got some things here. Maybe it'll help. Show Jesus in everything you do. Give yourself, of yourself, even if it hurts. Be a blessing to those around you. Pray for them. Text them a verse that gives hope. Spend time with them, just hearing their heart. Make a meal for them and deliver it to their home. Send or give someone a Bible. Offer to watch their kids so they can have a date night with their spouse. Offer to pick up groceries for them. You know, we still, we go back to when we first got saved. I'll never forget Jaime, the one that led Pastor Norm to the Lord. If you had seen everything he did to get him to that point, he was annoying. He was in Norm's face all the time talking Jesus, putting little notes wherever he was talking about Jesus. I had heard at the factory there were men that came after him with, Pipes, pipe wrenches, saying, if you don't quit talking about this Jesus, I'm going to knock your head off. Now, that's annoying. But for Jaime, that was exactly what he was supposed to do. And there are so many men from that factory that not only got saved, but went into ministry because of his annoyingness. 
So remember that. You could be annoying if it's for Jesus. If you're annoying other ways, you might hear about it. <laughs> but always have in your head, who am I going to witness to today? At the gas station, at the grocery I love going to the grocery store. My kids hate going with me. They, 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 they stay back at about five feet because I'm embarrassing. Because I'm, hi, hello. <laughs> you know, I just love it. And, and if I see somebody that looks down, I'll ask them, are you having a hard day? And if they say yes, can I pray for you? Sometimes I get, get out of here. Sometimes I get them, they break down. And I'm able to witness to them. Is it comfortable? No. Well, it is now for me. I'm just kind of that way. But it's awesome once you do it. You're, and you're, you're doing something for the kingdom. Now, in a few weeks, and here's my plug, we're having a Christmas festival. And I, the reason we're doing it is to be an outreach to the community. We're not asking for any money. We're not doing anything like that. We want our community to come in and enjoy an old-fashioned Christmas festival where we've made a trail at the back field, and it's going to have a live nativity. So we have people that are volunteering to stand out in the cold for two hours to be part of the nativity. And we have animals coming in. So someone will have donkeys, you know, they're going to be sheep. That's cool. And it's all free. And then you're going to come in here. This whole room's going to be bounce houses. The kids' room is going to be children's crafts. We're going to have cookies and coffee and cider in the great room. And we have a wagon, a horse-drawn wagon that's going to take people out to the trail. So it should be exciting. And we want the community to be blessed. And I need everybody who can make it to this to be part of the blessing to be here. Even if you just want to stand and greet people. But if you want to be a part, just get a hold of me. We actually are having a meeting after service today, so if you want to stay and see if there's somewhere you can fit in, I'd love for you to. But you know what? It's going to happen whether you sign up or not, I guess, at this point. I'm so excited. So I'm praying that God's going to move big and we're going to see the community start to be blessed. Amen? So that's a perfect opportunity for you to shine, to come, be a part, and see what God will do through you and this church. Bathe your time in prayer and worship and get the heart of the Father. And he will give you an assignment. You just need to do it. Can we pray? Father God, I just thank you and praise you for what you're doing here. And I know how important it is today for not only worshiping you and reaching up, but reaching out and reaching others for Christ. That's the whole design of the Word of God, is to draw disciples in, is to get them saved, have them go out and save others. Lord, I just pray for those today that maybe struggle with reaching out. I just ask that you touch them today. No matter how uncomfortable they are, just keep putting people in their face until they get it. <laughs> and Lord, I just thank you and praise you for this church, for the, the hands that are serving 
the feet that are walking and for the, the minds and the mouth that are sharing Christ. Now, each one of us today, I just pray that we learn to reach up and reach out, and we give it all to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> <clears throat>